0: ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من الله فلا مضل له wa يضلل فلا هادي واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ الَّذِي تَسَاءَلُونَ بِهِ وَالْأَرْحَامَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلَيْكُمْ رَقِيبًا يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَمَن يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا أما بعد فإن أستقل الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم والشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل في فنار مرحبا بكم جميعا أهلا وسهلا we continue with the Friday night classes. Which we are, in which we are covering Ahadith al Akhlaq, the Ahadith of the authentic narrations regarding good character by the Noble Shaykh, Abdul Razaq, Ibn Abdul Muhsin Al Badr, Hafidhahum Allah. In the last class, we left off with the narration, Akmelu مؤمنين Imanan. أَحْسَنُهُمْ خُلُقًا وَخَيْرُكُمْ خَيْرُكُمْ لِنِسَائِهِمْ The most complete of the believers in faith, the best of them in character. And the best of you are the best of you to their woman. Also the narration of Aisha radiallahu anha, إِنَّ مِنْ أَكْمَلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِمَانًا أَحْسَنُهُمْ خُلُقًا وَأَلْطَفُهُمْ ahli. Indeed, from the most complete of the believers in faith, the best of them in character, and the most generous, or the kindest of them to his family. So we covered that, the better the person's character, the stronger the person's Iman, the more complete the person's Iman. As having good character is from Iman, and Iman fluctuates, it goes up and down. And not everyone is on the same level of iman. Some people their iman is strong, and then you have some who have weak iman. And the best of the people are those who have strong iman, as the Prophet ﷺ mentioned: "Al-mu'min al-qawi, Khairun wa ahabu ila Allah min al-mu'min al-ḍa'if, khair." That the strong believer Is better and more beloved to Allah Than a weak believer But in both of them there's good In both of them there's good But one is better than the other So the stronger a person's faith The more beloved the person is to Allah And how does a person Strengthen his faith Through good deeds And from the good deeds Having good character so, the more you observe good character, the stronger your iman becomes. Also, we covered the narration on the authority of Abi Huraira. An, In the other wording, Indeed, I have only been sent for the purpose of completing the good character or the righteous character or indeed I have only been sent for the purpose of completing the noble character both these narrations they have the same meaning slight, slightly different wording but here the Prophet sallallahu mentions innama and that word innama in the Arabic language and you feed hasr and it has the meaning of something being restricted. Like, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالِ بِالنِّيَّةِ Indeed, actions are by the intentions. When the Prophet ﷺ says, إِنَّمَا بُعثتوا. Indeed, it's as if he's saying, Indeed, I have only been sent. I have been sent, but only for this purpose right here. And what's the purpose he mentioned? Li utammima salih al akhlaq. Or li utammima makarim al akhlaq. To complete and perfect the righteous character, to complete and perfect the moral character. This can be looked at from a couple of angles. One, it can be Allah only sent him for that purpose. That he has only been sent for the purpose of Perfecting and completing the righteous and noble character Perhaps a person may say What What about Allah sending him to call to la ilaha illallah The response would be This is having good character with Allah Subhanahu So his call to Tawheed is a call to perfect one's character with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, because your implementation of Tawheed, of worshiping Allah alone, this is your mannerisms with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. The other angle is he is speaking about that which is between a person and the creation, and. Without a doubt, the Prophet has not only been sent to uh, complete the good and noble character as it relates to how people deal with one another, so what would the meaning be? Here it would be emphasis. The word innama is used to put emphasis on the importance of having good character with one another. In any event, the Sheikh says, Hafidahullah. فبعثه الله عز وجل لِيَدْعُوَ الناس الى مكارم الاخلاق ومحاسن الاعمال وينذرهم الاخلاق وسيئ الاعمال وقد دعاهم اليها قولا وفعلا Allah, sent him meaning Allah sent the prophet Muhammad sallallahu to call the people To the noble character And to the good actions And to warn them Of the evil character and evil actions And indeed He called them to it Meaning he called Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He called the people To have a noble character And to have good actions By way Of statement and action and this is an important point right here. The da'wah of the Prophet ﷺ was both by speech and action. That's how he gave da'wah. The Prophet ﷺ, He didn't just give da'wah by way of speech in the Natsid. No, the Prophet ﷺ gave da'wah through his words, And through his actions. And this is very important for us. That our speech and our actions are a means of da'wah. So we have to be mindful of the things we say and mindful of the things we do. Especially when dealing with the disbelievers. And the reason being because of the ignorance of the disbelievers, whatever we say and we do, they attribute it to Islam. And they don't distinguish, for the most part, between the shortcomings of a Muslim and what Islam says. Rather, you find the majority of the disbelievers... They attribute the shortcomings of the Muslims to the deen. And this is not correct. For the deen is one thing. The deen is the revelation of Allah. The deen is the Quran and the Sunnah. That which is perfect and complete. And as for the shortcomings of the Muslim. Then they are just that. That's that Muslim shortcomings. Not to be attributed to the deen. But the majority of the disbelievers they don't make that distinction between the two so now our bad mannerisms our bad speech is attributed to the deen and this can be a deterrent chasing the people away from the deen of al-islam so we must observe good speech and good character first and foremost for the sake of Allah because this is what we are commanded with in al-islam to be upon goodness Secondly, as a means of giving da'wah to the people As a means of giving da'wah to the people And this is also for the sake of Allah Because da'wah is ibadah And likewise, when we deal with one another We must be mindful To observe good speech and good actions Especially, especially, especially those who claim that they are from Ahlul Sunnah, Wal-Jama'ah, those who attribute themselves to following the Salaf. Now who are the Salaf? Salaf, the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. first and foremost, he's our Salaf. As the Prophet wasallam mentioned to Fatima anha, نعم a لَكِ I'm a blessed salaf for you. I'm a good salaf for you to follow. Those who ascribe to Ahl Sunnah or Jama'ah, those who ascribe to following the Salaf, they more so than everyone else from amongst the Muslims should be mindful of their speech and their actions. Because Ahl Sunnah, we are supposed to be the most knowledgeable of the people about the Deen of Allah. We supposed to be the most knowledgeable of the people, most knowledgeable of the Muslims about Allah and about His Messenger and about the Deen of Islam. Because our claim is that we follow the Kitab and the Sunnah with the understanding of the Prophet and the Sahaba. That's what we claim. This is why it is said, these are the followers of the Salaf. Or these are the ones who are the Salafiyun, the people who follow the Salaf. That's the meaning of that term. This is a description. They follow the Salaf. They hold on to the way of the Salaf. This can't just be a claim There has to be a practice Can't just be something we say verbally I follow the sunnah I'm sunni I'm from ahl sunnah wal jama'ah I'm salafi, I follow the salaf I'm not from ahl al bidah Wa 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 wa, wa ila ahir kalam Speech is tayyib, but where are the actions The Prophet ﷺ gave da'wah Qawlan wa fi'lan Qawlan wa fi'lan In a complaint that we hear from the people From the awam From the common folk About Brothers and sisters who ascribe To the way of Ahl-Sunnah wa Jama'ah Is that they have bad mannerisms their manners are poor. How in the world could our manners be poor when we are the most knowledgeable of the people regarding the akhlaq of the Prophet? We are saying we are the people of the Sunnah. We are studying Bukhari. We are studying Muslim. And the Sunnah of Abi Dawood and Tirmidhi, and Nisa'i, and Ibn Majah, and the Musnad of Ahmad, and the Muwatta of Imam Malik. And the Sunnah of al the nine books of hadith, these are the major nine books. We read these books. We have a great concern for the Sunnah, but where is it being manifested in our actions? It can't just be, qala Allah, qala Rasul, qala Sahaba, but then our actions is the opposite of that. The Shaykh mentions, وَقَدْ دَعَاهُمْ إِلَيْهَا قَوْلًا وَفِعْلًا And indeed He called the people to good character and good actions, noble character and good actions, by speech and action. We want the people to follow the sunnah, this is the origin. Because the majority of the Muslims, according to the words of the Prophet wasallam. The majority of the Muslims are astray. It's not my speech. Call a Rasulullah, he said, Allahu alayhi wa sallam. If Tarakat al-Yahood al-ehida wa sabi'ina firka, if Tarakat al-Nasara al-eithna tain wa sabi'ina firka, was a tefteriqu hadihil umma al a firqa wa sabi'ina firka, kuluha finna illa wahida. قالوا يا رسول الله ما هي تلك الفرقة؟ قال الجماعة. وفي رواية من كان على ما أنا عليه اليوم أصحابي. The Prophet سال الله عليه mentioned that this that the Jews, the يهود, split into seventy one groups, and the Nasara, they split into seventy three groups, seventy two groups, excuse me, and this nation. Was split into 73 groups, all of them in the hellfire except for one. The Sahaba أجمعين, said, O Messenger of Allah, which group is this you're speaking about? He said, The Jama'ah. Another wording says, Those who are upon, or whoever is upon, with me and my companions are upon today. These 73 groups are Muslims. Bismillah. They are Muslims But out of the 73 The Prophet says 72 on the fire They will eventually come out But what's the cause of them going to the fire? The scholars they mention The cause is innovation Innovation in the deen So from this we understand Unfortunately, and this is Allah's decree, that the majority of the Muslims, they're not going to be following the way of the Prophet Wasallam and the Sahaba as they should. Probably we are claiming that we're following that way. And we're trying to bring the Muslims to come follow the way of the Prophet Wasallam and the Sahaba. How can we be calling them with our speech Meaning we are saying, Allah said, the Prophet said, the Sahaba said, don't worship Allah with innovation. We're calling them with good speech, but then our, with our actions we're chasing them away from our masajid. This is a contradiction. When the Prophet Wasallam sent the people to call people to Islam, and these are these are non-Muslims, kuffar. The Prophet said to the Sahaba, bashiru wa la Give glad tidings. Don't chase the people away. Yes, wa la Make things easy. Don't make things difficult. Now this is the Prophet sallallahu speaking to the Sahaba. He sent to call the kuffar to Islam. Aren't or is it not the case that our brothers and sisters who are Muslims are more entitled to that behavior than the kufar? Of course they are. The Muslims have more rights over us. The scholars, they say, the Muslim, that's the, that's it's the capital of your wealth. Meaning bringing good to a Muslim. Directing a Muslim to guidance. This is the capital. Calling the kuffar, that's the rib. That's the profit of your wealth. But the Muslim is ratsul mal. It's the capital, that's the basis of your wealth. So the Muslims have more rights over us that we observe this behavior with them than we do with the kuffar. You find some of these same people When it comes to dealing with the kuffar, you see them having the best of mannerisms. Polite, gentle, send people to the store, go get them something to drink. Do you want something to eat? Come, sit down, welcome. Hey, get this person the book on list. And the the non-Muslim, the kafir is welcomed amongst them. But then if a Muslim comes who they don't know To be from their community To be a part of their group They're frowning at him Ice grills Talking to the individual short Probably the person is coming looking for guidance person doesn't know no better but because you don't know the person to be from your community already, the wall goes up. Ahl <laughs> al-Bidah. Okay, what if he is fi'lan Ahl al-Bidah? Ahl al-Bidah is not entitled to be called to Islam, especially the person is coming to your community. These things are damaging the image of the people of the Sunnah. These things are chasing the people away from the massager of the people of the Sunnah because there is this stereotype that's out there. And it's it's real, but it's not everybody. That the people of the Sunnah or the Salafis, they, they're harsh. And they chase the people away, and they're not friendly, and they're not welcoming. them. There are times for that. And there are certain people who have to be treated that way. But a, a regular common person, just coming to your masjid, perhaps the person heard good about the masjid. The person heard that the sunnah is in the masjid, and the person is looking for the sunnah. But because you got ignorant people Putting positions to Or put in positions of responsibility So these are the people that, uh, the, the, the people when they come into contact They run into these individuals These individuals are chasing the people out of the masajid Myself فيك, There was a time I hated the Salafis Wallahi I hated them Why? Not because of anything that was the, the, their creed or anything I didn't know anything about it My hatred for them was due to my interaction with some brothers from amongst them Who were extremely harsh and arrogant You couldn't speak to them When they came around the area we was in they're the best thing since sliced bread, but never once did any of those individuals sit down with us and clarify to us the truth. They got the haq and that's it. It's wrong. It's wrong. Allah bless you to have the truth. Ain't a to ilay. Three fundamental principles. Like one of the fundamental books. That we read. Right there in the beginning. Al Ulah Al Amunubi Al Saniya Al Afwan Al Ulah al Ilmubi Al Thaniya Allah Al Ulah Al Ilm Whu Ma'rifutullah Marifatu Nabihi or Marifut Islam bin Al Dillah Al Thaniya Al Amal Nabi a Salatha Wadawa to Ilay. Wa Rabi as-sabr Al Al Azafi. Where's that Wadawa to Ilay at? The call. Where is that? We have the knowledge, implementation of the knowledge, and calling the people. And then being patient upon the harm. These individuals didn't give, give us a chance. And there's so many people who have the same story. I'm not making this up. Many brothers have the same story. Alhamdulillah, Allah guided us by way of other people. But... Those brothers who were behaving in this manner, in a manner of arrogance and haughtiness, and like turning up their noses literally at us when they see us, because we're al Bid'ah, we didn't know any better. Granted, there were practices we had of innovation at the time, we didn't know any better, come and teach us. The individuals wouldn't take the time to teach us and tell us what's correct We had some of the brothers were like this Unfortunately, this is wrong So I used to hate the, the, the Salafi brothers Well, Allah used to hate them And I would come in contact with some brothers And the brothers would be try to I said, I don't want to hear that stuff, man You brothers, man, you all extreme I used to tell the brothers this Because of my interaction with some of the brothers, but it wasn't everyone. But look how it put a bad feeling in my heart towards the brothers. But this was not the methodology. The methodology was one, but I couldn't separate between the two at the time. I didn't know any better. But then, alhamdulillah, Allah allowed me to come in contact with the brother, and he was very kind to me. He said, You're okay, What are you doing right now? I said, I'm, not, I'm not doing. He said, Come with me. Come on. We're going to go to a lecture. And the brother took me in his car and took me to a lecture. And I went and sat in the masjid. And the Imam at the time was giving a lecture about following the Prophet and following the Sahaba. And mashallah, the brothers who were there were well mannered, listening to the class. And my heart felt the same way it felt the first time I ever went to a Juma. Knowing that I found my home that oh this is it right here. I'm I'm mentioning this for the purpose of warning the brothers be like the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam call the people to the truth Calling and within. By speech and action, be careful how you deal with the people. Even if you okay, you see the person is not from your community, and it may appear that the person is from the people of innovation. Allahu a'lam. You don't know. The person is first time coming. Why not use gentleness? Because this is the origin. إِنَّ Indeed, Allah is gentle, He loves gentleness in all things. That's the origin. The origin is not harshness. When you first meet a Muslim, you don't even know who the person is, what the person is upon. But the people, some people, it is not everybody. They're, they automatically start off with the harshness. Automatically start off with the Running the people away And then if you so happen to Weather that storm and stick around and be with them And you're, you, they see that your allegiance is to them Then okay, alhamdulillah, welcome, welcome in Welcome to the group This is, wallahi, this is not the way What part of Islam is this? This is more hezbiya than anything we're not going to treat you good until, you, until we are sure that you are with us. <laughs> come on. Can I make this stuff up? And the brothers, they, they know who I'm talking about, and if they hear, and this is you," then yeah, I'm talking about you. They know who they are, and they know what they' be doing. And then the other individuals supposed to have knowledge, see that this is going on and they don't say anything. But because that individual Is down with the bros He gets a pass about how he treats the people But Allah, this is not the way وَقَدْ دَعَاهُمْ إِلَيْهَا قَوْلًا وَفِعْلًا And he, was alayhi He called the people to noble character and good actions By way of speech and actions أَمَّا قَوْلًا وقد تكاثرت عنه الاحاديث في الحث على الاخلاق الكامله والاداب الرفيعه والحث عليها وبيان ما اعد الله لاهلها من الثواب العظيم والاجر الجزيل as for verbally Then there are many, many, many narrations. There are abundant, there are an abundance of narrations on the Prophet ﷺ, in which he is encouraging people to have complete upright character, to have lofty mannerisms, and the encouragement to have that. And also in these narrations, or amongst these narrations, these many abundant narrations, there is the clarification of that which Allah has prepared for its people. Meaning the people who observe good character and lofty mannerisms, the Prophet wasallam has clarified the reward, the magnificent reward, the tremendous reward and recompense these people will receive. And the noble reward they, re- they will receive the prophet clarified this And of course When the prophet Sallallari was Wasallam clarifies this This is an encouragement for people To observe good mannerisms Because there is such a great reward for it The brothers who Treat people harshly from the start. You don't want that reward that the Prophet has promised for having good character? You're not concerned about that? You don't want the paradise that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for people with good character? You don't want that high position and standing that Allah Azza has made for people with good character? Or you're just concerned about how it sounds when you say the narration. But you're not concerned about the implementation of the narration, and in in achieving and attaining the reward as mentioned in the narration. <laughs> من الخلق الكامل والأدب الرفيع. قال الله تعالى: وإنك لعلى خلق عظيم. As for by way of actions, then he وسلم, he was an example for the entire world. The Prophet wasallam he's the role model. He's the role model for the entire world. There is no better example for one to follow than the example of the Prophet Muhammad He is a role model for the entire world with that which Allah has gifted him with from having complete character and lofty upright mannerisms. The Prophet he's the he's the best example as it relates to someone with good manners. Doesn't get no better than him. When a person reads about the the seer of the Prophet Wasallam, how he was. This is the best that you're going to read as it relates to good mannerisms. doesn't get no better than him. It doesn't get no better than him Wasallam. How could anyone be better than the Prophet Wasallam when Allah said, and the shaykh mentions what Allah said about the Prophet and indeed you, and you, O Muhammad wasallam, you are upon exalted character. Allah described the khuluq, the character of the Prophet as being what? Azim, magnificent, exalted, great. Why is the Prophet's character described as being azim. The Shaykh he brings the next narration to clarify why. عن سعد بن هشام بن عامر قال عتيت عائشة رضي الله عنها فقلت يا أم المؤمنين أخبريني بخلغ رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قالت كان خلقه القرآن أما تقرأ القرآن؟ قَوْلَ <laughs> On the authority of Sa'ar ibn Hisham ibn Amir رحمه He said, I came to Aisha radiallahu anha And I said, O oh mother of the believers Inform me about the character of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu So she said, Kana His character was that of the Qur'an. Have you not read the Qur'an? The statement of Allah azza wa jal, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ And then indeed you are upon exalted character. Here we have one of the tabi'een, rahimahullah, going to a scholar from the scholars of the ummah. Who is the scholar? The most knowledgeable female of this ummah, our mother, Aisha r.a. She was the wife of the Prophet ﷺ in this dunya, and she will be his wife in the Akhirah. And she was the most beloved of the people to the Prophet ﷺ. Along with her father, Abu Bakr She is the, one of the mothers of the believers, Aisha anha, And she is one of the seven companions who have the most narrations on the Prophet wasallam. Her virtues are many. But the people used to go to Aisha anha From the tabi'een, and before them the sahaba. Sahaba used to go to Aisha anha for knowledge. Or at times there may be a differing amongst the Sahaba, they will go to Aisha anha majma'een to get clarity. Because there are things that she knew and she was privy to as it relates to the Prophet ﷺ that maybe others were not aware of. And this is of course due to her being in the home of the Prophet ﷺ and experiencing things with the Prophet ﷺ that someone outside of the home doesn't experience. And in any event, sa'd ibn Hisham, he goes to Aisha anha. And he asked her About the character of The messenger sallallahu And without a doubt Women they know the character of their husbands Women They know the character Of their husbands Because Women get to see their husbands in rare form, as they say. When the dog comes off, it's the wife that's there, she sees you. Alright? When the dog comes off and the tube or the kufik comes off, the, the imama comes, the, the turban comes off. It's the wife who sees you. She's the one interacting with you. So what better person to go to? To ask about the character of the Prophet Wasallam then his beloved wife, Aisha Anha? So he says, Inform me about the character of the Messenger of Allah Wasallam." She said, His character was that of the Qur'an. Simple answer But Powerful Powerful answer Uh, This answer speaks volumes About the character of the Prophet And then she mentioned to him do you not read the Quran, the statement of Allah? Indeed, you are upon exalted character. Qur al-Hafiz ibn Rahimahullah. Wa ma'ana haza anahu alayhi salam sar emptithal al-Quran amran wa nahiyan. Sijiyatan lah. So here we have Al Havith Ibn Kathir, Rahim Allah Ta'ala. He's going to explain. He stated, Wamana Hadha أَنَّهُ alayhi السَّلَامُ Sora, emptithalul الْقُرْآنِ Amran, Wanahyan. Sijjiyatan or Sijjiyatan He goes on to say That the meaning of this Is that he Sallallahu Alaihi Or that it The meaning of it That he Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam The implementation of the Quran As it relates to commandments and prohibitions This became like his natural disposition This became like his Ordinary Everyday Character This was who he became. I mean in the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So his character naturally became the implementation of the Quran. His character, his disposition, how he conducted himself It became Whatever the command Is from the Quran And whatever the prohibition is From the Quran This is his character The implementation of the Quran فَمَاهَمَا أَمَرَهُ الْقُرْآنِ فَعَلَهُ وما هما نهاه عنه تركه So whatever the the Qur'an commanded him to do, he did it. And whatever the Qur'an forbade him from doing, he abandoned it. This is the meaning of Ta'na khuluquhu al-Qur'an His character Is that of the Qur'an Meaning he was The living example Of how to practice The words of Allah It's the living example That which is famous Upon the tongues of the people He was the Qur'an walking Don't say this The Quran is the speech of Allah And it gives the impression that Like there's something of Allah's characteristic A part of Him And we know that this is not possible He implemented the speech of Allah He's in a walking example of the implementation of Allah's speech But he is not the Qur'an itself Prophet Muhammad is not the Qur'an So this statement, he is the Qur'an walking, this is a mistake Because the Qur'an is the speech of Allah which is not created So the Prophet he cannot be the Qur'an walking But he is the living example of the implementation of the Qur'an Walking So whatever the Qur'an And hear I whatever Allah commanded him He did it And whatever Allah forbade him from doing He left it off this here is the meaning of taqwa. And the Prophet ﷺ he said, "Inni la wa Indeed, I have the most fear of Allah than all of you, and I have the most taqwa of Allah, the most piety than all of you. Because whenever Allah commanded the Prophet to do something Sallallahu alayhi wa He did it, no hesitation And whenever Allah forbade the Prophet from doing something He left it off, no hesitation And this is where we want to get at in our practice of the deen That when it comes to The commandments and the prohibition We obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala With no hesitation With no delay With no procrastination How many times we We know what Allah says But we keep putting it off We keep putting it off Keep delaying, keep procrastinating, saying we'll do it one day, we'll get to it, we're going to make tawbah one day. How how often have we done this? Delaying obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when we make dua, we want Allah to answer us immediately. Because we are in need. Look at our mannerisms with our Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah forgive us. When it comes to being obedient to Allah, we take our time. It's not everybody. From us, are those who do that? We're not praying one time. Procrastinate, we know we have to pay zakat. Matters of haram we are involved in, we know we're supposed to leave these things off, we keep pushing the date back as they say. But when we make dua to Allah, we're going through something, a hardship, calamity, sickness, we want Allah to answer us right away. But we don't answer the call of Allah right away. Aisha radiallahu anha, she once said to the Prophet wasallam, which in the meaning of her statement is that, I see that your Lord is quick to, to respond to you. Like, no, the Prophet make du'a for something. Allah answers him like right away. I see that your Lord is quick to respond to you. Right? He was quick, sallallahu was wa in responding to Allah, subhanahu wa You got to look at that. He did not hesitate, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when it came to implementing Allah's commandments. This is an example for us We have to stop the procrastination upon sin We have to stop If we want to see improvement in our lives We have to be quicker And responding to the call of Allah And the call of the Prophet Wasallam. The shaykh mentions from al هذا مع هذا مع ما جبله الله عليه من الخلق العظيم من الحياة والقرم والشجاعة والصحة والحلم وكل خلق جميل so this the Prophet had this, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, along with what Allah created him upon, of good character, or of magnificent character. And he, before Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam became a prophet, he had good character. He had good character. His character was impeccable prior to becoming a prophet. So much so that the people named him Al Amin, trustworthy one. The prophet was a man of integrity before becoming the prophet. Prophet was not known to be a liar. Prophet was not known to be a cheater. The prophet was not known to be a fornicator. The prophet was not known to drink, khamar, consume intoxicants. Prophet was not known, first and foremost, to ever worship any idols. The Prophet didn't worship idols prior to becoming a prophet, alaihi wasallam. He had a good character. So now He has already good character And then now Allah bestows upon him prophethood and messengership So this takes him to the next level Of good character But from that which was mentioned Of his good character That Allah created him upon And before he was a prophet he had this good character He had the characteristic of shyness. He had the characteristic of being one who is noble and generous. He had the characteristic of one who was courageous and brave. He had the characteristic of being one who pardons and one who is forbearing. And every beautiful characteristic, the prophet, he had it. And remember when he first received the revelation in the cave, and he was shooken up because he didn't know what was going on. So the was and he went to Khadija, "Zamiluni, zamiluni, cover me up, cover me up." And then when he explained to Khadija. She said, Allah will never disgrace you. Allah won't disgrace you. You are a person who does this, you are a person. She started mentioning his khair. You're good to the guests, you help the people in need. You this is, he he wasn't a prophet prior to this incident. But this was as we would say, this is his resume. This is what he's known for. The Prophet was a man of integrity and good character before he received revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now after receiving the revelation, the matter is enhanced. So he has all of that which he had prior, and then now he has prophethood and messengership. كما ثبت في الصحيحين عن أنس رضي الله عنه قال خدمت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عشر سنين فما قال لي أفقد ولا قال لي شيء فعلته لما فعلته ولا لي شيء لم أفعله ألا فعلته وكان أحسن الناس خلقاً ولا مسست خزا ولا حريرا ولا شيء كان أليا من كف رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا شممت مسكا ولا عطرا كان أطيب من عرق رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم Al-Habidhi Mekithir, he brings the narration That's in the two Sahihs On the authority of Anas bin Malik He said, I served the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for 10 years And he never said the slightest word Of disapproval to me, ever Or rebuke nor did he say to me regarding something I did Why did you do this? Nor did he say to me regarding something I didn't do Shouldn't you not have done such and such? He sallallahu wasallam, was the best of the people in character And I haven't touched any type of like silk that was softer than the palm of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, nor have I smelt any musk or oil that was better than the scent of the sweat of the Messenger Sallallahu Wasallam. Here's Anas bin Malik an he worked for the Prophet. This is another way. People know people By working with them You know people By living with them Working with them And traveling with them It's three ways you know people A lot of times we, we say Yeah I know him And we haven't done any of the three with the person You don't know me to know the person You haven't been around the person On situations long enough to see who the person really is. But here, Anas, عنه, he worked for the Prophet for ten years. And Anas, his mother is Um Sulaim, Al Rumaysa, or some say Al Rumays Um sulaym she gave Anas to the Prophet Wasallam to work for him, when the Prophet first came to Medina. And what a beautiful mother she was, and a very intelligent woman she was, that she sent, because Anas' father, he left Medina, and went to like the Sham region, and he refused to accept Islam, it's mentioned that he heard um, Like He's not going to be able to uh, Like do Like something from the haram That he liked to do So he left and he, didn't, he refused to accept Islam SubhanAllah So he abandoned his family Abandoned his wife and child She accepted Islam Her son is with her What better role model For him than the Prophet Young, impressionable Go work for the Prophet She sends him To go and work for the Prophet So the Prophet accepted that And he embraced Anas, and look how Anas said that the Prophet treated him. (inaudible) Sallallahu alaihi wasallam never yelled at him. And we know, of course, a child of that age, precious age of ten, they're going to make mistakes. Children make mistakes. But even with that, the Prophet Salam." and this is why Annas is mentioning, probably Annas knows he might have made a mistake or slipped up here and there regarding something, but he said the Prophet never said to him, why you do this? Or why you didn't do this? He never rebuked him, he never said anything to him. That goes to show that the Prophet was a man of patience. A man of forbearance. A man who was to who was pardon and overlook things. This is a part of his character. And the Prophet ﷺ, he taught Anas. Anas, he has a lot of narrations to him, the Prophet ﷺ. And look at the love that the Prophet ﷺ Anis. he made he put his hands on Anis chest and he made dua Allahumma <laughs> akther lahu malahu wa waladihi wa barik lahu feehima Oh Allah make his Make his wealth and his children abundant Give him a lot of wealth and give him a lot of children But he didn't stop there, he said And bless him in that Yeah, very important Because just having a lot of wealth And having a lot of children doesn't mean you're blessed He said أَكْثِرْ لَهُ wa وَوَلَدَهُ لَهُ Give him abundant wealth and abundant children And bless him in that Bless him in that So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He answered the, the du'a Of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and Anas had many, he had a lot of wealth and he had a lot of children and he had a lot of barakah in his family They said that Annas, like buried over like 70 of his own children He Buried a lot of his own children And he was from the last of the, he's not the last companion to die But he was from the last of them to die, he lived for a long time Allah, this is the du'a that the Prophet made for Annas But this shows, look how Look at that interaction between them two Of how the Prophet treated Annas The child who father abandoned him the Prophet takes him in Raises him as his own Teaches him, educates him Great role model for him. And look who Anas became. Read, read the Sirah, the biography of Anas. You'll see the, the many great things that came about in his life after the death of the Prophet and the knowledge that came from him. So Anas testified. That the Prophet was the best of people in character. And then he testified to even his physical being was the best. Not only his inwardly, his character, the khuluq from within. But his physical being was the best. He said he never touched a hand st- Never touched any silk softer than the hand of the Prophet. And he never smelled any oil, you know, musk or anything that was better than the scent of the sweat of the Prophet. Allah put barakah in the Prophet. Allah put barakah in him. And this is why you find in some of the narrations, Sahaba, they did things to touch the Prophet, because they were trying to get barakah from him. And this was, but that's only for him, Right? Like when Ali ibn Abi Talib, his eye was troubling him, and this was like before one of the battles, the Prophet spit in his eye, and rubbed it into his eye And his eye became well That's not for the sheikh To be spitting in your eye Right <laughs> No you have the sufia. They be doing that They go to the sheikh And the sheikh's spitting in their hand And they wipe in their face With the Sheikh's spit Where they do that at Like <laughs> come on no one ever did this for Abu Bakr Or Abu Bakr never spit in nobody's hand He's the best after the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. anyone Then you would think that This was done with Abu Bakr radiallahu People seeking barakah from the sheikh Spit And other stuff you see from The misguided Sufis And their relationship with their Mashaikh You know um, With their waist And other than that Like the, Horrible things. like. But they justify it with, well, the Sahaba did this with the Prophet. But the Shaykh is not the Prophet. And Allah hasn't put barakah in the Shaykh like He did the Prophet. And this is why you find some of the scholars, they say, as an example, with the tahniq, um, like for the newborn, the Sahaba would bring their newborns. To the Prophet Sallallahu the Prophet would take a date, he would chew on it, and then he would put it in the mouth of the child. So the ulama say the Sahaba would bring their children to the Prophet Sallallahu to get the barakah of his saliva in their child. As I mean. So it'd be the barakah will be with the child now. So that right there, if that's the technique then that's ended. That's it. There's no, so the technique is not legislated anymore. Because that was done for the barakahs from the Prophet's saliva. Others have said, but if it is done not for the purpose of the barakah of the saliva, but for the purpose of the newborn having something sweet, in the mouth from the date and the sweetness of the date it 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 uh it makes it easy for the the child to digest the the breast milk then okay from that angle yes the technique it it can be done but if it's for the barakah of the saliva then this is for no one except for the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Like something that you're given. Barakah is kathratul khayr That's the meaning of Barakah but in this sense, there are certain things that Allah gave to Prophet Muhammad of blessing, of good that He didn't give to other people. You understand? Like the sweat of the Prophet or the saliva of the Prophet, like that. Okay? Or the, the garment of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When um but if his daughter had passed away, he sent his garment to her. This is barakah in these things. But this is not to be sought from anyone other than the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allah, Allah. Shalom aleichem. Shalom No, uh, now, according to uh, what the scholars have said so what do you do? as it relates to the scholars they mentioned that it's, it's okay if uh, oh the technique, yes. if it's done for the purpose of uh, the, the, the the sweetness of the date being the means of easing the passageway for the breast milk, okay, this is okay, yes, but, but if it 's done for the purpose of getting barakah for the one who choose the date, no, like from his saliva no that 's only for the prophet you can do it from the aspect of the child having something sweet in this. For sure, for sure. The, the the father does that. You don't take the child take the child to someone you do you can do that. I mean, it's better to keep it for As far as going to somebody. Because you can do that. The sahaba they used to go to the Prophet with their children seeking the barakah from his saliva that Allah put there. From that from that angle, that aspect is only for the Prophet ﷺ. You can still do it because of the benefits of dates. Say that again. The actions are based upon intentions. Yes, that aspect of seeking barakah from the saliva, that's only for the Prophet ﷺ. But now, if a person wants to do it from the aspect of "I'm going to put the date in the mouth of the child so that the sweetness of the date you know the child is going to get and then the benefits from it is going to ease for the child consuming the breast milk, okay, then you do that from that from that medical benefit, right? not from the angle of the saliva, the baraka and the saliva, yes. They used dates, they had honey at that time Use the date No Because if that's the case Then you're going to open the door for other Use the date I mean, But the point Is how The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Was blessed inwardly and outwardly Everything about him was good. Now this doesn't mean he's to be worshipped, because ibadah is lillah, for Allah alone. But he definitely is to be honored and respected. He definitely is to be loved. He definitely is to be followed. We try to be like him. So Anas bin Malik anh, gave us a beautiful description of how the Prophet was was with him for 10 years, consistency also we have here. He worked for the Prophet for 10 years, he served for 10 years, and this is how the Prophet was from the beginning to the end. And again that points to the consistency of the Prophet Wasallam as it relates to goodness and doing good. We have to be consistent in our goodness. And our goodness shouldn't be seasonal. Our goodness shouldn't be based upon where we're at. Right? Our goodness shouldn't be based upon how we're feeling. We should should be good at all times and in all situations. We should maintain good character. This was the way of the Prophet. even with his enemies. The Prophet always maintained the best of character even when dealing with his enemies. You never, you never find the Prophet wasallam being belligerent, being one who was foul-mouthed, cursing and acting. No, you never find that from the Prophet when the Jews said to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Asamu May death be upon you. The Prophet responded, Wa alaykum. and upon you the same day. Our mother Aisha radiallahu anha And he defend She was defending the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam She went off and said Wa alaykum wa s wa She started she, she started giving it to them <laughs> So the Prophet said to her Mahalan ya Aisha Take it easy So she said to him sallallahi wasallam alam tasma ma qal you didn't hear what they just said he said alam tasma ma kult, fa qultu alayh is you didn't hear how i responded to them i said to them and upon you the same and then he went to teach you a great lesson inna allaha rafiqun wa yuhibbu rafq fi kulli shay that Allah is gentle and He loves gentleness in all things like, Even when dealing with your enemy There's a certain type of class You must maintain Certain type of etiquette You must maintain Never let no one Take you out of your character and This is a, a, a great lesson we learned From the Prophet That Even when dealing with his enemies He didn't let anyone Take him out of his His natural way His, his good character The Sheikh he brings another narration narrated by Al Imam Bukhari. Anabi Abi Ishaq called a Samir to Al bara Yaqul call, Rasulullah, he saw Allah, he was seldom, Nas Wajhan, Wahs and Nas Kulukan, Laysa bit Tawil, Al Bain, Wala bil Qasir. So Imam Bukhari narrates on Abu Ishaq that he heard Al-Bara say that The Messenger Wasallam was the best of the people as it relates to his face and The most handsome, the most beautiful of the people And he was the best of the people in character So the Prophet ﷺ physically looked the best And he was the best as it related to his character He wasn't very tall and he wasn't short I mean he was a medium-sized man Irish-sized man Shaykh mentions There are many narrations about this And one of the books that um, Is encouraged For the brothers to read we want to know more about the Prophet His physical character How he looked physically And as well as his character There's a book called Al-Shama'il Al-Muhammadiyya Like the characteristics of The Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam By Imam Al-Tirmidhi I believe it is translated into English With the explanation of Shaykh Abdul Razak Wa alaykum <laughs> salam Great book to have in the library About the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Then the Shaykh brings another narration وروى الإمام أحمد أن عائشة رضي الله عنها قالت ما ضرب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بيده خادما له قط ولا مرأة ولا ضرب ولا ضرب بيده شيء قط إلا أن يجاهد في سبيل الله ولا خيرة بين شيئين قط إلا كان أحبهما أحبهما إليه أي صرهما حتى حتى يكون إثما إذا فإذا كان إثما كان عباد الناس من الإثم ولن تقم لنفسه من شيء يؤت إليه إلا أن تنتهك حرمات الله فيكون هو ينتقم لله عز وجل Here we have another narration On our mother Aisha radiallahu anha She said The messenger sallallahu alayhi wa He never beat a servant of his Ever Anyone who worked for the prophet He never ever Struck any one of them with his hands And this next one very important and he never ever hit a woman. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi never ever hit a woman. And he is what? Ala It's upon an exalted character. It's the best of us. So you want to be from the best of the people, O brothers in Islam, keep your hands to yourself. The Prophet was not an abuser of women. And people take the ayah out of context when Allah mentions to us how to deal with a wife. Who is problematic The allowance that is given in the verse Is not what people are doing As far as the, the people What they're doing is abuse, domestic violence When you go back to the tafsir And mainly Ibn Abbas He mentions like a, a siwak And that doesn't leave any marks It doesn't cause any harm Because the purpose is not to harm the woman It's to grab her attention For her to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala But what's happening in the homes Where men are beating on women As if they are like slaves or something And then at the end of the night They want to have relations with them And this is something the Prophet specifically forbade. Let not one of you beat his wife like she's a slave, and then at the end of the night he wants to have relations with her. The scholars, they say, this is not love. It's not love, you beat on your wife as if she's some type of slave, and then at the end of the night you want to lay down and sleep with her after you beat on her in the manner you did. Aisha said, the Prophet he never hit a woman. He never beat on a woman. And this is what we need to cultivate ourselves upon, and especially these next generation of men. Brothers, you have sons. If you beat your wife in front of your son, one or two things is going to happen Either your son is going to grow up despising you And hating you for beating on his mother Or he's going to become just like you And he's going to beat his wife when he gets a wife One or two things And Allah knows best if these at them But a lot of times Men who are involved in domestic violence Beating on women because this is what they saw growing up in their homes. So how you are with your wife, with in front of your children, is how your children will be in their future situations. You beating on your wife in front of your daughter, letting you, you're making your daughter to think this is the norm. But yet, you don't want nobody hitting your daughter, but that's somebody's daughter you're hitting. Yes, she's your wife, but that's somebody's daughter too. That's somebody's sister. That's somebody's mother. When the man came, or the youth came to the Prophet and said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, allow me to commit zina. Sahaba looked at him like, like you already just said, like they was like, you already asked the Prophet? So the Prophet pulled him close. He said, Do you want someone to commit zina with your mother? He said, No. He said, Likewise, the people were not like for you to commit zina with their mothers. Do you want someone to commit zina with your aunt? He said no, likewise the people don't like for you to commit zina with your arms. Do you want someone to commit Zina with your sister? He said no. Likewise the people don't want you to commit Zina with Do you want someone to commit Zina with your daughter? No. You see what how he mentioned to him to deter him from evil? Do you like that to be done to the women folk of your family? So we say to the brothers who are loose with their hands,. Do you want your, your mother to be punched in the mouth and given a black eye and kicked while she's down on the floor? Do you want your aunt to be treated in this manner? Do you want your sister to be treated in this manner? Do you want your daughter to be treated in this manner? Of course not If something like this was to happen To the women folk in your family You'd be ready to raise up in arms Or maybe not for Some of these guys they'd be cowards they like to beat on women But when something really happens Where it, it, it warrants for them to stand up And, and take a stand and defend They'd nowhere to be found But when it comes to beating on women you know They find ease in doing so but no man Wants anything to happen to his woman folk So why do you think it's okay For you to do something to somebody else's woman folk That's somebody's daughter That's somebody's sister So forth and so on Be like the prophet Said Allah. He never hit a woman He never hit a woman Wasn't abusive She said he never hit anything or anyone with his hand Except that he was striving in the path of Allah Meaning in war he, he hit someone In war he struck someone But just people now. What happened? She needs to set up a box. Oh okay Put it, tell him put it in the um The one that's over them. Yeah no. Then she went on to Describe Another aspect of the character Of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam His methodology Never was he Given the choice between two, two things Except that the easiest of the two Was the most beloved to him
1: So here it is
0: from the Prophet's methodology. Whenever two matters were in front of him, he has a choice to do this or to do that. He would pick the easiest of the two. Unless it was a sin. If it was a sin, then he was the furthest of the people away from sin. If it wasn't a sin, then he would pick the easiest of the two. And this here, Barakallahu feekum, it tells you something about the character of the Prophet, that he was a man that was easygoing. The Prophet didn't place upon himself like unnecessary, uh, he didn't overburden himself. The Prophet he would pick the easiest of the two, this was most beloved to him. Ease in the Deen Yusuf. Indeed the religion is ease. Like it's not from the deen to like intentionally put hardship on yourself. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam there was a man standing up in the sun fasting. The Prophet said, What's 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 with this individual? They say he made a vow to fast and stand and not take shade. The Prophet said, Sallallahu Wasallam, tell him, go sit down, get under the shade, but continue here, fast. It's no that's unnecessary. To make it to punish yourself. That's the Allah doesn't want that from you. Fast, but sit down and fast. Fast in the shade. The Prophet came to the masjid and seen a rope between the pillars. Who is this rope for? They said it's for Zainab. When she she prays at night, when she gets tired, she holds on to the rope to keep her up. The Prophet said, take this down. Allah is not in need of that. Allah doesn't get tired of rewarding you as long as you don't get tired of doing the ibadah. So the Prophet Wasallam, in his mannerisms, he was very easygoing. He looked for ease in the affairs. As for those affairs of ibadah that naturally have difficulty in it, okay, you're rewarded for that difficulty, because you didn't put that difficulty on yourself. Wa as <laughs> Aisha radiallahu anha went on to say that if one of those matters were a sin, or if the easiest matter was a sin, He was the furthest away from sin as it relates to the people. And he never sought revenge for himself. If something happened to him, he never sought revenge for himself. Unless the prohibitions of Allah were violated, and then in that case he sought revenge for Allah. Meaning if something was done wrong as it relates to the deen, and a prescribed punishment had to be given, or an action had to be taken because of the religion, he would act. But not for his personal self. How beautiful the character of the Prophet sallallahu So Hafidh bin Kathir, he mentions the statement of Allah, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ And indeed you are upon exalted character. He brings the narration on Ibn Abbas, he said, wa وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى دِينٍ عَظِيمٍ وَهُوَ islam The Ibn Abbas, he said the meaning of this verse is that indeed you are upon a magnificent religion. And it is Islam And likewise this statement was made by Mujahid and, and Abu Malik and Al-Suddi and al ibn Anas and Duhak and Ibn Zayd That the meaning of indeed you are upon exalted character meaning indeed you are upon an exalted religion This deen of Islam is a magnificent great deen so when you are following the dean, your character is going to be great, like the dean is great. Does that make sense? Because the religion is great, because the religion is magnificent, because the religion is superior, when you follow it, then that those descriptions go to you. So because the Prophet Muhammad was he held on to the deen. His character was great because the deen is great. And then Allah is also from from this, Allah is mentioning his favor upon the Prophet that indeed you are upon a magnificent deen, you are upon a magnificent religion. You mean the way that the Prophet is traversing upon is tremendous and magnificent and it's beautiful, it's great. It's nothing better than it. So in following the Prophet We strive to be upon this deen so that we can achieve this greatness for ourselves. And these things that's mentioned by Aisha, we need to do our best to implement them. We need to do our best to, our best to, to implement them because this makes us like the Prophet. Being like the Prophet وسلم, is not restricted to a beard. Yes, that's the Prophet said. His Lord commanded him to grow his beard and to clip his mustache, or to shorten the mustache. That's a part of the sunnah, we're not downplaying that. But that's not it in itself. You have some people, mashallah, beautiful beards, shorten mustaches, garment above the ankles, like the Prophet wasallam. But then other aspects that are just as important, because everything in Islam is important, No trace of the sunnah of the Prophet. How about and how he dealt with his family? Where's that at? How about how he dealt with people when he did business? Where's that at? How about how the Prophet dealt with people who were ignorant and didn't know better and they made mistakes? Where's that at? Don't restrict your practice of the sunnah to the beard shortening the mustache and raising your garments above the ankles that, that's a part of the sunnah it's important right we're not downplaying it and especially regarding the garment above the ankles the prophet said Ma asfala min it's a major sin whatever's below the ankles is in the fire so brothers please start walking around with your thobes and your pants and stuff below your ankles raise them up it doesn't have to be halfway through the shin that's recommended but it has to be above your ankles because the prophet said that whatever is below the ankles is in the fire. There's a threat of punishment in the hellfire. The person is going to say, well, I'm not doing it out of pride. Abu Bakr's garment was falling down. And the prophet told him he's not doing it out of pride. Well, there's a number of things. Number one, it wasn't intentional. His garment was falling down. but He would try to pull it back up. Number two, the Prophet testified for him That he's not doing out of pride Who's testifying for you? Number three, there's another, another narration That means having your garment below the ankles Itself is an act of pride Serious So raise your garments up for the sake of Allah For the sake of Allah this is a religious act We're not doing this out of style Even though this is the style amongst the people now We're not doing it for style We're doing it as obedience to Allah and the messenger But the point is Don't restrict your practice of the sunnah To only how your, out, your outward appearances. That's important We encourage the people to always follow the sunnah When it comes to your dress And your appearance That's very important but that's not the sunnah in its all The sunnah also is in how you deal with people That's a very important aspect of the sunnah How you deal with people Shout out to Allah. we'll stop at this point Whatever is correct the phrase is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone Whatever is incorrect is for myself SubhanAllah, wa Alhamdulillah, wa Alhamdulillah, wa Alhamdulillah, wa Alhamdulillah, wa